0: Welcome back to the Sports Talk ATL podcast, guys. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. I know we're a little wait a little late on this podcast. Um, I was out of town for a funeral, so I apologize. This one's for my grandma, RIP. Uh, Jake's also not with us because he has an ulcer on his tongue. Whatever the hell that means, uh, you know I would not miss a podcast for such a little injury. That's some soft stuff, but I do have Alex here at Go Sports Talk on Twitter. I am at Sports Talk ATL on Twitter, and we have a great episode in store for you talking about the MLB trade deadline and this upcoming series with the Mets that could dis- ultimately decide the season if it goes the wrong way. But let's talk about what happened earlier this week, Alex. Starting with yesterday, the Phillies beat the Braves 3-1 to behind a fantastic performance from Charlie Moore, and he goes 6-2. and um, But Dylan Lee and uh, ultimately Colin McHugh uh, give up the lead. They lose 3-1. It's just one of those things where uh, it kind of happens, you know, it hurts. It's tough. It's a tough loss, but the Braves bullpen has been so good, particularly Dylan Lee and Colin McHugh. So I know a lot of people on Twitter immediately want to go on there and be like, Oh, bash the Braves bullpen, bash McHugh, bash Dylan Lee. But at the end of the day, these guys have been two of our best relievers over the last month. So you can't really give them too much playing. It's just one of those losses.
1: Yeah. They had an uncharacteristic walk. I think he has literally, that was maybe his second walk all season, which is just insane. Um, It's just one of those things. It's baseball. It happens. Um, I mentioned it to you yesterday, how it just completely ruined my day. And, you know, it is an important game, but it's not that important. It just feels like I'm so emotionally tied to this team that it feels like I'm taking every punch and throwing every punch with them. But a big series this week, big series. It feels like it could decide this division. I mean, if we win all five or they win all five, which isn't going to happen, but just for for uh, shit's sake, I'm just saying, you know, it, it this is this is make or break it for both teams right now.
0: Yeah, we'll get more into that that series. But, yeah, I would almost borderline call it must win because if it goes 3-2, uh, you know, the Mets way, the Braves are still in it four and a half games back. But if it goes 4-1, I mean, you're looking at six and a half games back with less than two months to play, a team like the Mets, and you look at the Mets' schedule at the end of the season – It's very, very easy. They're not going to go lose, you know, four out of five, five games in a row during the end of that season. And then you only have six games with them left, or seven games with them left, the rest of the season. So, yeah, huge series. It it, it could make or break the season, without a doubt. I think the Mets, you know, they're going to be in it no matter what. Even if the Braves win all five, they'll only be a game and a half up. But, but the Braves, they need to uh, stand their ground and at least win two. Hopefully, they win three, four, five and make up some ground in this race, because if they don't beat the Mets head-to-head, it's going to be hard for them to catch up with the way the schedules shake out. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Phillies series. Spencer Strider, the day before, they had two great pitching performances. Morton in game two. Spencer Strider, once again, electric. Uh, you wrote it, but I know I've been saying it on Twitter. There's no way this man's going back to the, to the bullpen. The Braves have said it several times. There's not going to be an innings limit. Now, they may go to a six-man rotation to shave a few innings off, uh, you know, give all the guys a little extra rest going down the straight stretch. That's why they might've gotten Oda Rizzi. you know, Ian Anderson starts pitching. Well, you know, they may go to a six man rotation, but they are not moving Spencer Strider, who is one of the most valuable pitchers in all of baseball. He has collected three F four over just 87 innings. That is elite. He's not just an ace on this team. You can call him the second ace because Max Fried's amazing, but this guy is a legitimate ace. Uh, and I don't see any regression, you know, Hitters sometimes hit a wall because pitch pitchers start to figure them out after they've seen him a little bit. That doesn't usually happen with pitchers. You know, pitchers only get better. As he continues on, the way he prepares, the way he mentally prepares for the game, he's only gonna get better. He's just scratching the surface. This guy is too valuable as a starter. There is absolutely no way he goes back to the bullpen. It, there's just no way.
1: Yeah. Um to put some things into perspective. <clears throat> He's got the highest strikeout per nine by a rookie in MLB history at 13.8. And to, like, give it even more context, uh, Steven Strasburg had 12.2. So this guy is the real deal. I mean, he's proven it over 12 starts. He's clearly here to stay. The thing is, you don't even have to take it from Anthopolis and the the whole Brave staff who have said that they're not into the – cutting down innings they said that's not what they do they've seen it not work um but you just have to use your eyes and just look at him and it doesn't he's not losing velocity he's not getting tired this guy takes care of his body um we had somebody write about how you know he took i think he's a vegetarian uh he had a uh, tommy john surgery and then you know found god and became a vegetarian and now he's just the healthiest man in the world and you know doesn't need to have these innings cut down? So I don't understand, you know, the continued notion about putting him into the bullpen. I mean, he's so much—you can't, you can't see that he's more valuable in the rotation. It seems like you're, you're not trying to see it. If you keep saying this, and I keep, I, I'm saying this because I've seen it, just from the his last start of people commenting on your tweet about how, you know, well, what about the innings? What about the innings? What about the innings? It's like, give it a rest. Just well, I know.
0: They think, they think I'm stupid for saying this. I'm like, guys, this isn't even really coming from my mouth. This is coming directly from the Braves. I mean, we've heard it three times that uh, one, you know, Spencer Strider. yes, he only threw 94 innings last year, the most he's ever thrown over his career. But he was also with the taxi club for a large portion of the season. You know, he was also staying warm, pitching bullpens, pitching live games. So he really probably threw 115, 120. And you can add on another 30 innings. And at that point, you're just like, Oh, is really sitting him out, resting him, shaving a few innings, is that going to make the difference in him having Tommy John surgery? I think that's a whole bunch of load of shit. I think teams that uh, experience those things, do those things, actually have more problems. We've seen it with the Nationals and Steven Strasburg and and guys like that. So I I just think a lot of that is overblown. I know people want to be protective, but you look at a guy like Spencer Strider who takes care of his body so well, takes care of his arm, he's been through Tommy John before, who's just absolutely blowing people away and not showing an ounce. Now, if there's a point, you know, at some point in September where he's only throwing 97 and he's starting to struggle a little bit, okay, maybe you do reel him back in. But at this point, to even mention that is just ludicrous because you're taking away the most, arguably the most valuable aspect of this Braves team, which right now is their rotation. You look at Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton now coming into his own, Kyle Wright. If you line those guys up in the playoffs, good luck. Good luck. This is something the Braves haven't had. And I don't think people realize, you know, I've always said pitching wins championship. The Braves won it on the back of their bats last year and an amazing bullpen. And we're going to have a great bullpen. But this starting rotation that we're going to have this year is the best we've had since, you know, Maddox and Glavin were around. And to take that away, and I and last thing I'm going to say about Spencer Strider, because I, I was comparing him to Jacob deGrom earlier in the year, and I and I would kind of felt stupid saying it because I'm like no one's really Jacob Degrom, but is he not kind of looking like Jacob Degrom out there? I mean, he goes out there, he strikes out 15 batters per 14 batters per nine. He he lives off two pitches primarily, a fastball and a, and a 90 mile per hour slider, and he mixes in a changeup. I mean, that's literally how Jacob Degrom pitches. And guess what? We're gonna likely be lucky enough to see them face off in this next upcoming series. That's a dream matchup for me. I can't wait. I mean, we're going to see 25 strikeouts. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. It's going to be exciting. And, and I just think I just can't wait. That that gets me giddy as a baseball fan.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a slaughter fest, honestly. Those batters, that poor guys. They don't even know what's coming. But I wanted to read a quote from Strider. Uh, this comes from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And this is in response to people talking about his innings count. I'm very grateful for the concern over my energy level and arm. It seems to be expressed by everybody. I'm in pretty good shape. I don't know what the concern is. I'm a pitcher. Everyone seems concerned about my innings. If everyone is such an expert on innings increase, then I'm happy to take your advice. Let's hear it. I mean, the guy, you got to trust your players in a certain case. And, you know, a lot of situations people will say it's better to be proactive than reactive. But not in this case. Don't just be safe, you know, safety first and cut down his innings. The guy is the real deal. I mean, he's gonna win Rookie of the Year, unless you know Michael Harris just has an unbelievable stretch run here to end it. But it, it's basically Strider's award unless he blows up, which I, we both don't think is gonna happen. No. So I mean, yeah, this guy's the real deal. He's our number two in our rotation, and you know, if Max Freed wasn't just such a proven bulldog, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if he got a game one uh, game one. He's obviously not because Max Freed is Max Freed, but still, he's been that good. It, 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 yeah. It's insane.
0: I mean, that's something that we'll talk about later as we get on into the playoffs, but I just I, I don't see any way you couldn't pitch Strider in a game two. You obviously get Max Freed in game one. Uh, he's, he, he, and I, I think there's an argument to be made, and I said it uh, on Twitter the other day. I think there's an argument to be made that he is the best pitcher in this rotation. I, and I, I know how, Max Freed is my favorite player on the team. I love the way he attacks the plate but just watching Spencer Strider watching how helpless guys look against him day in and day out every time he toes the rubber he, these a lot of these guys are helpless i mean they just walk. it's like three pitches it's so efficient it's strike 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 all right go sit down and next thing you know he has 13 14 strikeouts with two hits allowed and, and no hard contact it's really been amazing to watch so i don't think it's ridiculous to say it. and and you look at his peripherals you look at his fip you look at his k per 9 you look at his whip the got the amount of guys he's, He's the best on the team. I don't think it's ridiculous to say he is actually the best pitcher on the team. Now, now I'm still giving Freed that game one start, and that's obviously something we don't have to worry about now, but I just don't think it's ridiculous. Um, so the biggest thing that happened, though, over the weekend, by far the biggest, the trades, the series against the Phillies, Austin Riley signs 10 years, $212 million. I've been asking for some of these guys to get extended. You know, I thought it might be Freed and Swanson first, but locking up Riley, who I think, is going to be a perennial MVP candidate for the next decade, could win the MVP this year, was an all-star last year, just an amazing deal. And what excites me more than anything is it just shows how committed the Braves are to winning for the long haul. This isn't just a one-year thing. This isn't just – and Alex Anthopoulos had the best quote. He's like, message to the fans, you keep selling out, we're going to keep the hits coming. And that just, as a fan, it just makes you feel more involved and it just it's fun it's it's a fun time to be a brace fan because the money is going to keep coming and i've been saying this how many times have i been saying this alex i've been saying this ever since the off season once i saw the way we spent i was like i'm telling you alex we're going to spend a lot of money upcoming and, and and now you start to see it and it, this is just the beginning i expect dansby i expect freed i expect us to be heavy hitters in free agency like i expect us to be in on the bryce the next bryce harper the juan soto if, he, if juan soto becomes a hits free agency And we sell out and win another World Series. I expect us to be in on Juan Soto. I know it sounds crazy, but I expect it now. That's what that's the expectations.
1: Yeah, it is really cool. You mentioned it. And I said it kind of jokingly. You know, all those ten dollar beers, the thousands of dollars I spent on tickets going to the World Series, all the playoff games. You know, I I said, you know, about the Matt Olson extension. I was like, I helped pay for that. I helped pay for that. And Anthopoulos, that was super cool of him to do, you know, to kind of shout out the fans, keep the engagement going. It's really just cool to see all of it. And, you know, going back to the Austin Riley extension, I mean, what a week that guy had. So he signed an extension um, earlier in the week, but last month he was player of the month. He broke a Hank Aaron record. He hit 26 or 27 extra base hits in the month of June, which broke Hank Aaron's franchise record. I mean, the guy is having a hell of a few weeks. I mean, let me just How read out some of these stats. Hang on. <clears throat> he hit 423, 11 home runs, 15 doubles, 25 RBIs, and posted a 1338 OPS. With a, and then finished, finished with a walk-off. Finished the month with a walk-off double. I mean, the guy's Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's about the best month of baseball I've ever seen a Braves player play. And it's just like, it's becoming kind of ho-hum for Riley uh, at this point. I mean, a, a year ago, I never thought the guy would ever be a 300 hitter. Uh, two years ago, I didn't even know if he would stay in the major leagues. And if you just look at just his timeline of his whole life, I mean, guy gets married a couple years ago, establish himself as a starter, then he's an MVP candidate, then he has a kid. Then he named his first All-Star game. Now he's an MVP front runner. He World Series champion mixed in there. I mean, the guy is having a two-year run of just absolute – I mean, I just – I'm like – and you know what's crazy about it? And I, and I wrote about this when he talked about how he wanted to be a brave for life and how it really came, comes off as genuine. And you could tell he wasn't interested. You know, obviously he wants to get paid. You know, he deserves to have this big contract. But if Austin Riley wanted to wait it out and pull a Juan Soto – Probably could have. Probably could have. Probably could have begged for $500 million. And there's just something so genuine about him, so humble, that it's just like, you know, it, it's it's down to earth. Despite him being an MVP candidate, every time you see, hear him interview, it's never about him. It's always about the team. It's like, a, it's a, oh, it, it, are you an MVP candidate? I don't know if they, if they elect me. Like, it's just never at the top <laughs> of his plate. The money's never at the top of his plate. It's never about him. And it's just hilarious because it's the opposite of, of 90% of the world. It's the opposite of you and I. If I was yeah. sitting there dropping tanks and, and you know just having the best year of my life, I would be the cockiest man on earth. But it's just not him. And it, the Braves couldn't have picked a better player. And it seems like we have eight different faces of the franchise. But it really does seem like Austin Riley is, is becoming the face, this next face of the Braves franchise. And, and I, I said it on the podcast, I think, the last time. I don't I don't think it's ridiculous to say Austin Riley is the best player on the team. I know Ronald Acuna is struggling, and it's easy to be caught up in the now, but I don't think it's ridiculous that even when Ronald Acuna gets back up to where he is, that Austin Riley isn't better than him. He is that good, and that's why he got this extension, and he's deserved of it, and it's going to be a great extension, I think, for both sides.
1: Yeah, he's uh, got a lot of guns and deer stands to buy it. He's just a good old boy, and we're from Georgia but we're not like him. We're not country. You know, we're from no, no. the suburbs. He's Mississippi.
0: We're, He's Mississippi.
1: Mississippi. <laughs> He's, He's Mississippi. Just, I wear this cowboy hat, but I'm a rhinestone cowboy. I'm not a real cowboy. You, know? <laughs> You're, you,
0: you wore that cowboy hat because you watched too much Yellowstone.
1: He's exactly. like actually
0: out there being a cowboy.
1: <laughs> I bought it. I bought it when LSU played Texas. In Austin, I went out and bought a pair of boots and the hat and broke them both in on game day in 105-degree weather. It was the worst decision I've ever made. So I am not a Cowboy whatsoever. Absolutely. I couldn't survive. But yeah. but going back to the Austin Riley thing, he's just a good old boy. This is the exact kind of guy that you want to give the largest contract in franchise history to. So this guy just got the largest contract in history. But with that being said, Nobody's better than Ronald Acuna. I know he's slumping right now, and I don't want to argue about it, but no one's better than Ronald Acuna. What he can do in all facets of the game, Austin Riley's decent. You know, he's a good he's a good defensive uh, player, but he's not Ronald Acuna. He's not Ronald Acuna on the base path. Uh, you know, he might be a, a, probably a little bit better of a hitter, um, but Ronald Acuna for me. And it is kind of like acquiring a superstar when you have somebody like Ronald Acuna slumping, and he comes back. So that could be a big thing. And I have been waiting. He just seems he seems so frustrated and uh I, I don't even understand what's going on. I hate when Brian Jordan talks about like what's going on with him and it's like, oh, I was telling him. I meant to ask you this. Was Brian Jordan a good player? Like, is he actually worthy uh, of telling he, he, he Ronald right. Acuna he, what to do? He's pretty good. He he
0: okay. was not he was not a superstar or anything like that. Okay. Um he also played two sports, you know, he played you know, for the Falcons and the Braves. Yeah, I knew so. that. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Brian Jordan definitely gets annoying in the in the booth. Um, I, I imagine that he won't be there for too much longer. It's, yeah. He's definitely there simply because he just played for the Braves. But with all the backlash he's getting, uh, I Let can't imagine he's, he's going to be in the booth for too much longer. Uh, but you and, and, I,
1: Hang on, hang on. You weren't listening to the game the other day because uh, you were with Blaine drinking, whatever. He So before this game – uh, the first game against the Phillies, uh, he went out on the field before the game and gave scholarships to high schoolers. Um, I don't know what the foundation is called. It's a noble cause. You know, it's great. This guy goes, he he's talking about these kids. He's talking about all the good that he does. And he's like, it's my day. It's my day. And I was like looking around in my living room. Like, did he just say that? Did he just say like, I'm giving all these scholarships away, but it's my day. Like the guy's a clown and he doesn't have any self-awareness whatsoever. And he may be the single worst name pronunciation announcer I've ever heard in my entire (laughs) life. The guy can't get a name right. It's light. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's comical. I, I, the thing is I never get too worked up about it, but I definitely hear a lot of people. I don't ever really care too much about the announcers unless I'm getting chipped on a home run ball. But, uh, I do see a lot of people on Twitter and social media just complaining about it constantly. And and I guess I kind of listen to it more because people are complaining. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of stupid. But also, like, I don't really care who's talking. Like, I'm I'm (laughs) watching the damn baseball game. Like, I could watch this thing on mute. Um, So let's get into the MLB trade deadline. The Braves were pretty busy. They kind of approached it very similar to the way they did last year. Not a lot of big splashes, which is kind of how I thought, just like little tiny cuts. Uh, they get Adrianza back for Trey Harris, which is the only move I didn't really understand. I get Adrianza had some good moments for the Braves last year, especially in the postseason, and he had a walk-off. you know, He had some good moments. He hit pretty well, especially at Truist Park. But at the end of the day, I think of the the club as all 26 guys matter. Everyone's got to pull their weight. And Adrianza did that last year, but I think it was more of a fluke. You know, For most of his career, he's been a below-replacement-level player. He doesn't uh, hit for power. He's literally hit 179 over 94 at-bats this year. He's just not a very good player. So unless you're just thinking, oh, he's just going to put on the Braves uniform. And listen, this has happened with the Braves. Yeah. (laughs) Put on a Braves uniform, all of a sudden, I'm 10 times better. It it, it has happened. Admittedly, it has happened. I just don't believe that's an actual thing. And I don't really see – I think you could have gotten way better. And when you only add Robbie Grossman as your only outfielder with Marcel Azuna and Eddie Rosario struggling – I just don't think they did a very good job uh, addressing the outfield, to be honest. Uh, Grossman kills righties, didn't cost much, but he's just not that good. Adrianza, not very good. I I think they could have done a lot better in that area. I'm sure they tried. Um, Maybe things just didn't cost much. Maybe they didn't want to give up prospects because the Braves don't have very much. But I I didn't like the way they addressed the outfield. I I wish they had gotten a significant starting caliber bat, at least one. And then added Robbie Grossman for basically nothing, you know. And, and then Adrianza, you know, stay in Washington. The biggest, the best deal was Oda for Will Smith. I have absolutely no idea how the Braves were able to con a team into taking Will Smith uh, for a player that's actually worth a shit in Oda Rizzi. But, you do the Astros do have an overload of starting pitching. So they really didn't need Oda They were probably trying to shell his contract. We were trying to shell Will Smith's contract. They were willing to take a flyer on Will Smith. We needed O'Rizzi for depth, so that's that's kind of why it made – that's an A-plus deal to me, though. The fact that we were able to get rid of Will Smith's contract and actually get a worthwhile player for, the most shocking thing at the deadline for me.
1: Yeah, um, actually, Will Smith in his first appearance in Houston <laughs> yesterday gave up a home run. I think It's it was like clockwork, bro. It's we, like clockwork. It is hilarious. I mean, good luck, Astros fans. And that's who he is. He came in with, in a 7-0 game or a 6-0 game and then gave up a home run immediately. I mean, that's who he is. <clears throat> Personally yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, go ahead. I mean, he's just not good. Like yeah. I've been saying
0: it like he's I don't know he hasn't really been good for the Braves, but he has turned he turned into awful this year. I mean, he is a terrible reliever right now and maybe he figures it out for the Astros' sake. I hope he does. I mean, we don't really have to play him unless we play the World Series, but and I have nothing against the guy. I've heard he's a very nice guy. He helped us win a World Series. He was Mariano Rivera for a month. Uh, but for most of the time, he was basically <laughs> the worst relief signing in the history of the franchise, except for that one month. Like if he didn't have that one month, we would have a whole, there would be a whole different way people talk about Will Smith. It would not With be him. nice. It would. There would With be him. no, oh, but he did this. Thank you. It would be like, no, fuck this guy. He screwed everything up.
1: No, if, if, if you go back three years and you and somebody tells you exactly what happens in the future, you know, he's dog shit in the regular season. And then he catches lightning in a bottle one month. You would be like, yeah, do it. We win a World Series. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and exactly. he'll always be a legend for that. So, exactly. you know, and
0: that's what that's why there's always the back talk when it's like, oh, thank God, Will Smith's gone. But thank you for that one. Yeah, month. Thank you. I, they, you know, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have I have quite literally no idea how he was able to pull it off. I really don't. I have no idea, but he did it, and that for that we can be forever grateful. So Will Smith, if you're listening, I know he's a huge fan of this podcast because I shit yeah. on him all the time. He probably listens to get motivation, motivational speed. <laughs> me just shitting on. <laughs> but thank you for your contributions for the World Series. You were a huge part of it. You deserve to be remembered in Braves country forever for that. And we will just forget about everything else because it was awful.
1: Yeah. In two to four years, nobody will remember what he did in the regular season and it won't matter. So thank no, you. Will I, Smith. Like I said, Back great
0: to- deal. And we we're able to get Oderizzi. I mean, who the hell knows? Oderizzi could be a key part to this championship team. And we were able to flip Will Smith and, and it just, you know, AA, AA works magic. And this was another example of just magic here. Um, Then at the buzzer, it would not be a MLB trade deadline without Alex Anthopoulos pulling off a trade that gets announced right after, you know, the 6 p.m. trade deadline this year. And this time it was Rasiel Iglesias. And guys, this is another one that excites me. One, because not only has this guy got really closer stuff, he's been a closer for the last six years, seven years for the Angels. There's a reason why he was signed to a $64 million contract by Los Angeles. He's not having a great year on the surface, but his FIP, his peripherals, his swing and miss... His high strikeout rate, that's all there. And that's going to fit in perfectly late in the ballgames with the Braves. He basically replaces Will Smith. And then when you throw Kirby Yates in there, potentially, I mean, you're talking about easily, without a doubt, the best bullpen, the most high-powered bullpen in baseball. I know we blew a game yesterday, and people want to point to that. But it's easily going to be the best bullpen in baseball. And what excites me the most about this deal, though, is us picking up all the money. It's just another example of the Braves. This is a risky kind of deal. Iglesias is having the worst year of his career, and we're just out there willing to take on the next $48 million over the next three years of his contract because I'm telling you guys, the Braves are printing money. So if you think we're willing to pick up this and we're not willing to offer Dansby a fat contract and we're not willing to offer Max Fried a fax contract, you are so mistaken it's not even funny. That should excite you so much because we're willing to take these risks. We're willing to spend money and big money
1: that's what I was going to say. You know, basically, all you need to know about Dansby and Max's future is they will receive a fair offer. Whether they accept it or not, is, you know, it's their prerogative. But we just picked up a guy. You know, He signed a four-year $58 million uh, deal last winter, and we've got $48 million of it. If you think that we're picking that up and not going to have enough to offer guys who have been in our system for years, you're sorely mistaken i mean they're both going to get very 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 generous extensions if they want them you know Dansby said he's i don't know about Dansby taking a hometown discount he seems kind of like at first i would have you know written it in he's going to take a certain deal similar to austin riley not the 10 year 20 million dollars but a similar uh value for the player um but yeah, Braves country should be excited. This is just getting started. This is the cult. We're back in the 90s. We're back in the 90s. We're, we're going ha- to run this division for 10 years. I mean, it, it's incredible.
0: Well, I'll give the Mets some credit, and we're going to talk about this series. But the Mets are going to be right there with us because they got an owner that is actually willing to spend unlimited money and does not give a shit. So they're going to yeah. be very good for a long time, too. It's going to be a fun rivalry. That's why I'm excited when I, when I talk to Mets fans and when I go back and forth. And I know I like to troll them on Twitter, but I know what's coming. And I know it's going to be a long, lengthy rivalry, which is why I have chosen you guys out of the goodness of my heart to pick on. Because I this, I want it to be fun. I'm looking for fun. I'm looking for competition. I mean, as much as fun as it was running away with this division by seven games, you know, it's it's fun having some competition for the whole 162-game stretch. And as I've said before, one of the reasons why I thought the Braves were so good in the playoffs is because they had to compete the whole season. To you know, and there was no break where it's like, oh, we just ran away from the division. No, we were playing playoff games since August, and, and this is going to feel like a playoff series. And this, these kind of series get you prepped for October when you don't have that over the last month or two. When you don't have that, and you just kind of dace or you know sleepwalk into it, it, it's a little different. I think it's a little hard to get up for that and get used to that pressure. So these kind of series they prepare you for October. So I'm so excited for this. Um, I, I I'm not even going to really comment on the Danzy thing. I don't know. Uh, what his deal is if he's going to sign a discount, I, I think he will. But listen, if he doesn't, what I say, we're printing money. We'll be in on the Trey Turners. We'll be in on the Xander Bogarts. We'll be in on these guys. So, so hey Dansby, you don't want to come? Yeah, we will fork over that 250 million bucks for Trey Turner, who's shown me he's an MVP caliber player every year, not just one year. So uh, they'll they'll be they're gonna get, they're gonna sign another shortstop, uh, whether it's Dansby or somebody else. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. What we're all waiting for, the Mets. This series, uh, huge five-game stretch. It's its probably going to decide the Braves' fate, whether this is going to be a close division or not. They've got to win it. Uh, the Mets actually didn't add a ton at the trade deadline. I thought they were going to add a lot more. I was really kind of worried about it. I thought Steve Cohen, I thought they were going to be aggressive. And and if you listen, to, if you go read Mets' websites, if you go read you know, national writers talking about the Mets. They were super disappointed for how the Mets attra- attacked the d- trade deadline because, like I said, there are a lot of holes on this roster. Uh, I did like the Vogelbach guy, but he's not moving the needle. Darren Ruff, not moving the needle. Michael Gibbons not moving the needle. It was three very small ads that could, like, you know, could, could give you a win here or there. Yesterday, Vogelbach had a grand slam. But they I, I was thinking for sure Wilson Contreras, something like that. I was thinking they were gonna go all in and really give them a chance to win it all because they have a roster that's right on the cusp. I didn't think they did that. I think they're gonna pay for that over the course of this stretch run. I think the Braves are gonna beat them in this series at least three games, if not four. I think you know, I think it's gonna be it's it's gonna be big boy baseball. It's gonna be man up. And I know they just beat us two out of three. You don't think that's on the back of the Braves' minds? But this is a veteran squad in Atlanta, used to these big games. Knows how the regular season works. They're not even thinking about what happened. They're not even thinking about that. That's not. That's not even in the back of their minds. It's all about what's in front of them. They're going to be ready. All five of the pitchers are going to pitch. It's just going to be a classic duel between two Eastern Conference foes, and that's all what baseball is about.
1: Yeah, this is exciting. Um, and the potential Strider Degrom matchup on Sunday is just. And we, I think, I think
0: there's a good chance we get free Scherzer too yeah. again.
1: Yeah. So, so the. We got Kyle Wright on the mound tonight, Ian Anderson Friday night, and then Saturday we have that double-headed, which, which is a big reason why Odorizzi makes sense because we have a double-header this Saturday and next Saturday. So, you know, just pitching a bullpen, bullpen game against the division rival is just not smart. So it was this was a, a great foresight move by Anthopolis. And we got Max Freed, Odorizzi on Saturday, double-header, and then Spencer Strider wrapping it up Sunday. I mean, that Strider-DeGraw matchup is just – Popcorn, candy. I mean, sit on the couch on Sunday, be hungover, order a bunch of McDoubles, and just watch some baseball. I, that is so exciting. I mean, it might be zero zero going into the sixteenth inning. I'm so excited for this series. And just like you said, um I mean. For us, it feels a lot more important than it may for the Mets in terms of, like, actual seasonal outcome. Because just like you said, if they win four games, I mean, this, this lead in the East, it grows substantially. But if we win four, you know, they're still right in it. Only one and a half games back, I think. So, yeah. you know, it feels a lot more important for us than well, it does if for we the win Mets. five,
0: if we win five, it's one and a half games. If we win four, we're still a game. We're still – it's a half game. Like, we'll pick up yeah. three games. So it'll be half game. They'll have a half game lead.
1: Um, so So yeah, they,
0: they, uh, so it's, it's definitely not must. I'm, I don't, I'm on the cusp of calling it a must win for the Braves. Like the Braves can't get blown out and lose four out of four out of five. Like they can't do that. Um, I'm not saying they have to win three out of five. I don't They they could go, you know, two and three and they are still, they're still in it, but, uh, they can't get blown out in the series while the Mets, you know, they have a little cushion. They built it. They deserved it um both teams have been playing their best baseball of late it seems like every time the Braves win it's just like back forth they, they only lose like one game out of every six and 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 these games like we said for a while are probably going to decide it um so it's it, this is this is going to be fun I mean a five-game series at the start of August between two first place or between first and second place in the NL East, two of the best teams in the National League I mean this is playoff baseball guys I mean it, it doesn't get any better than this as much as I hate on shitty field um, they should actually have some fans in there. If they don't, they're an embarrassment to the whole the, the whole baseball world. If they can't pack that house every game for this five-game series, it's an embarrassment, and they should be embarrassed, but I think they will. I saw that Yankees series. It looked absolutely electric. I'm hoping it's something like that. I, I want it. I want it all. I want it all. I want the theatrics. I want it to feel like October baseball in August. There's nothing better. But let's look at these pitching ratchets. I know you said the Brave starters. Uh, we're we're going to have Wright and Carrasco tonight. I love that that matchup for right. I, I I think we definitely have an edge. But then tomorrow you get Walker, Taiwan Walker, who having his best year of his career for the Mets this year against Ian Anderson, who's having the worst year of his career. But <laughs> Anderson had a, a perfect game through four and two thirds. Hopefully that's a sign of something to go. Despite Anderson being this absolutely awful this year, he, we're not he's 9 and 6. Like we want we win more, like he gets the most runs. I was
1: just about to say that we're going to lose the Max Fried game, the Spencer Strider game and then win the Ian Anderson and Odorizzi game. Like that's just how it's going to work. Yeah, and, and, and
0: the the Saturday games, we don't know. We know the Braves are pitching Odorizzi and Freed. We don't know which game cuz it's a doubleheader and it's the same thing with them. I think they have Scherzer, and I don't know who else. I know Scherzer's one of the days. I would have said Bassett, but he pitched yesterday, so it's, it's somebody else. But I'm imagining we're going to get Freed and Scherzer and then Odorizzi versus whoever they send out there. So it should be just an absolutely, absolutely fantastic um, um, series, and it's one that I really hope the Braves do take advantage of and win. I, I think, because, I'm listen, I, I know the Mets continue to play well. But I'm just not buying that they're better than the Braves. I'm just not buying it. I just do not, in my heart of hearts, believe it. And I believe eventually the cream's going to rise to the top, and there's no better way to do it than just right against them in a five-game series. Go beat them four out of five times. Go beat them four out of five times. If we were in a playoff series, if this was the, NL, or if this was the NLCS, I'd want to win in five games. Why can't you beat them in five games? They definitely could. They definitely could. Um, well, we but, yeah, saying, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting.
1: We keep, we keep saying it. And on I the it. road. I still believe it, you know, the Braves are the better team despite, you know, not playing like it. But to give the Mets credit, I mean, they beat us last series without Starling Marte. I mean, without Jacob DeGrom. Oh, yeah. So so we've got to get our shit together. I mean, this is – I am there. I am a must-win kind of guy this week. This is not, you know, let's have a sense of urgency. Let's, you know, start making up ground. Let's lock up one of those buys you know that's important
0: to be clear we lost to a AAA team the last time we played the mets this <laughs> yeah. this team is significantly better than what we face. and listen and people want to point to that and be like oh like now of course we're going to win i'm like that's not how fucking baseball works unfortunately that's just not how it works you know our approach we need to be better i mean the, the thing about the mets and when i watch them and the more that the more that they play against the braves they're not It pisses me off because they're just a scrappy bunch of just, there's nothing like, oh man, this scares me right now. But you look up and they just scrounge around three runs and then they have Max Scherzer on the mound who just lights out and you can't win. So it's just, they just play a much different brand of baseball. And I think that's what makes baseball so great. It's just a totally, two totally different teams. They couldn't be made up any differently. There's no power in the Mets lineup outside of Pete Alonso and I guess Vogelbach. If you can really call that power, because he only really plays that is all, half That's the game. all
1: power, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go but on. but
0: yeah, but the guy only plays half the games and he's only playing against right-handed pitchers. So I'm just saying, like, if, <laughs> if you you can't really count him as like a significant threat in this series if, if he's only going to pitch play against right-handed pitchers. But that's regardless. All, all I'm saying is that it's just a much different brand of baseball. They 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 extend at bats, they get your starters out of the game, they take their walks, they hit dinky hits, and they pitch really well. And it pisses you off. It's annoying to play. It, frankly, is just annoying to play against. Like, I don't want to admit that that can win a World Series. Maybe it can. I don't fucking know. We, we, we're going to have to see. But right now, it's it's leading the division. It's annoying as shit to play against. I'll tell you, it's very obvious when you play against how annoying it is. Because it's like, next thing you know, Max Freed's at pitch 80. Spencer Strider's at pitch 90. You're in the fourth inning. You know, and then you're in the bullpen. And Max sure is just over there cruising.
1: So it's it, – It's just – it's a dink and dunk, small ball bullshit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we I don't mean buy they, they fucking bunt. To see, they bunt. Yeah, we, yeah, we they bunt. Are so annoying. <laughs> we don't buy these tickets. These guys are we bunting on us. We buy tickets to see bombs. We see, and we sell out stadiums because we hit bombs. And we're going to spend a billion dollars the right way. You know, Steve Cohen's taking losses over there. We're making a profit and still spending a billion dollars. That's the way to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'm excited. <clears throat> um, I think I think we should do a little spaces on Twitter, maybe again before the game or something. Uh, before yeah, the game. It's, before good. The it's good to
1: get some of the Mets fans in there. And, you know, sometimes it goes too far where people are calling each other, you know saying it too much but well, they just, just say friendly friendly banter you know we're just friendly banter sports don't matter they matter I
0: don't I don't I understand just, like the animosity like I, I obviously like I talk shit but I'm talking I'm keeping it strictly to sports I'm like yo I'm literally just saying your team sucks and they obviously don't suck like if you can't figure that out if you're so insecure about your own team like that if you can't figure out that I'm just like kind of giving you shit like what am I supposed to say guys you're really good like no man it's a fucking rivalry like i want to beat your ass like come on like have a little fun with it but like let's not take let's not say stupid ass shit let's not say stupid ass shit yeah. Let's, just, yeah let's just keep it real i mean the amount of death threats i got in my dms and it's like bro like what are you guys doing like you guys are gonna beat me up like if i come to new york like, you guys are idiots
1: you better not come around my neighborhood yeah it's like dude you don't know
0: where i'm from i'm from i'm from queens motherfucker i'm like bro i do not give a fuck like <laughs> If I want to come up there and watch a baseball game, like you're not going to do shit. Like shut up.
1: <laughs> it's just the it dumbest
0: is. stuff ever. But hey, you it know, at the end fun. of the day, it's no sweat off my back. I, I just like, I re, if I re, if I get something like that and I end up reading it, I just laugh. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's fun. I, it's interaction. I've absolutely loved uh, talking with most Mets fans. I've had a lot of guys in DMs that I've had good conversations with. And I'm excited for this series. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun back and forth between two good fan bases Um, And it's going to be a fun next 10, 15 years. As I said, I mean, you've got two teams that are set up for the future. The Mets have a good farm system. They've got an owner willing to spend money. Uh, The Braves have their whole core locked up. They have an owner willing to spend money. I mean, it's going to be a fun next 10 to 15 years in the NL East between these two teams. And it's just getting started in this five games. I think is really, I think there's going to be something about these five games. That's really special. And I'm, I'm I'm so excited for it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go. These are must win. This is, Playoff baseball. I mean, these are as important games as we've played <clears throat> all season. These are the most important games. Um, so I'm ready. I mean, I couldn't be more excited for tonight. It might ruin my whole weekend if we don't play well. Like I yeah, might just it might, it might.
0: It starts tonight. It gets you a little nervous, it gets your blood pumping. Yeah, you yeah. To go to the gym, you're you're lifting a little more today. Um, oh yeah. But that yeah, I'm I'm super excited. It's gonna be fun. And we're definitely gonna have another podcast right after the series on Monday. So uh, be ready for that. Thank you guys for listening again, and go Braves.